This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey listeners, this impeachment story, it is moving super fast. So I wanted to let you know that the conversations you're about to hear were recorded Tuesday night around 8 p.m. Okay, here we go. I guess my first question is, do you, um, did you, did you think we'd be here having this conversation? Nancy Pelosi having a press conference announcing an impeachment inquiry? Um, uh, yes and no. Dahlia Lithwick covers Washington and the courts for Slate. I, I Last night at about 3 a.m., I was um, texting with a, a law professor friend about whether this was really happening. We we're having one of those pinch me, pinch me, pinch me um, texts. And it seemed as though something profound had shifted in the last 48 hours. And I had written something suggesting that maybe something had shifted. Things began to shift after reports that President Trump pressured Ukraine to investigate his political rival, Joe Biden, in exchange for military aid. Over the last couple of days, this new allegation from a national intelligence whistleblower, it started a kind of political domino effect. Every few hours, another member of Congress was raising their hand and saying, impeachment isn't such a bad idea. And then around five o'clock on Tuesday, Speaker Nancy Pelosi held a press conference. I'm announcing the House of Representatives moving forward with an official impeachment inquiry. I'm directing our six committees to proceed with their investigations under that umbrella of impeachment inquiry. Dahlia heard that and she thought, wow, this thing is actually happening. I say that with the massive caveat that I'm not sure what Nancy Pelosi just announced. If we were having a de facto congressional impeachment inquiry for the last couple of weeks, ever since that became the litigation posture uh, that the Judiciary Committee was taking, then it's unclear to me other than reaffirm that the entire House now agrees that the thing that Jerry Nadler said was already happening is now really happening, then it's entirely possible that not much happened today. In which case, yes, Mary, I fully expected that to happen. (laughs) Was that sufficiently circuitous for you? Today on the show, what happens now that Nancy Pelosi is really, truly talking about impeachment? Dolly Lithwick, Jim Newell, Both of them are here, and we're going to try to figure it out. I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next. Stick with us. This episode is brought to you by Discover. When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. 
Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm going to talk to Dahlia a little bit more about what this official impeachment inquiry means. But first, I'm going to check in with Slate's Jim Newell. He spent yesterday tracking down legislators in Congress, trying to understand why the tide turned towards impeachment so quickly and how this announcement would impact investigations that have already been going on for months. That's mostly what I've been trying to figure out. Like, what does this mean? You know, and I just like, well, let me explain with another metaphor that doesn't say anything. So (laughs) were you surprised by sort of the speed and the trajectory of the day? I think it was starting to become clear last night, especially when those seven vulnerable freshmen um, lawmakers came out and said that they now support impeachment. You know, that's always the tipping point that I've been looking for is when these members who are really struggling to hold on to their seats when they would come around to it. So once that happened, you know, I I, I sort of figured Pelosi would would make uh, some sort of a nod towards impeachment. But yeah, it is pretty amazing just after a year or so of, of just Democratic leadership trying to blow off the questions about impeachment and saying it's too soon that, you know, this Ukraine scandal really flipped the switch. Yeah, just a few. I mean, you've had years of investigation and now all of a sudden five days, very compressed. Here we are. I'd spoken to a congressional reporter in the last couple of months who said Nancy Pelosi will never, ever be in favor of impeachment. And the opposition was always about the fact that even if the House moved forward with impeachment, the Senate would never assumably convict. Has that reality changed? What, that the Senate would convict? No, that hasn't changed, I don't think at all. Never say never. But, um, you know, I talked to Senate Republicans today and they were None of the, I mean, maybe Mitt Romney and a couple others, you know, said they really want to know more. And if true, it's concerning. But most of them were saying, you know, actually, the real scandal is with Hunter Biden. And we should be looking at that underlying case there more. A couple were saying that, you know, this isn't a whistleblower. He's a leaker. And that really concerns me that they're leaking national security secrets, trying to damage the president. So they were pretty much on talking points. I mean, they a couple of them did say that Democrats, you know, they might be getting a little ahead of this if they're already moving towards impeachment without seeing some of the the underlying documents uh, that they're hoping to see about the Ukraine situation, that maybe they're they're going too fast. And I think that's something that, I don't know, that that seems like something that would have been persuasive to Nancy Pelosi uh, a few months ago, that we need to see, look at the facts before moving ahead on impeachment. But, you know, I think there was just such a groundswell uh, within her caucus that she figured now was the time. Well, after this announcement, this impeachment inquiry announcement, it did seem like the documents began to potentially flow. We heard, okay, maybe there'll be a readout of a call between the president of Ukraine and President Trump. Maybe you're going to get the whistleblower complaint. Is that because the impeachment inquiry moved forward? Or is that also just more kind of proof you didn't need to go this far? You know, that's really hard to tell. It's uh, definitely the, the pro-impeachment, you know, the ones who have been pro-impeachment for a long time among, among House Democrats were taking that as a vindication now, saying that they showed Trump they were going to move ahead with this. He thought that they would never, ever dare impeach him, um, and now he's making accommodations. So, you know, maybe Trump was going to do it all along. It's a possibility that um, what comes out in those complaints and that, that transcript aren't quite what Democrats had built up expectations for, and then it could backfire on Democrats a little bit. So, you know, we, we'll just have to wait to see what the meat is there. Hmm. One thing that caught my attention was the fact that the Senate did 
vote unanimously, and that includes Republicans, to pass a resolution asking for the whistleblower complaint to be released. To me, it seemed like movement. It seemed like Republicans standing for something the Democrats also stood for, which seems new. Is that the right way to think of that? That did actually surprise me. When uh, Chuck Schumer put forth this resolution and said, I'm going to call for unanimous consent to do this, I figured they were just setting up Republicans, you know, Mitch McConnell would block it, and then they'd, you know, start calling him, I don't know, whatever, whatever the appropriate uh, Moscow Mitch-like moniker for this would be. You know, there was basically just a setup for a talking point about how Republicans don't want to know the truth. So, you know, it's a non-binding resolution. It just calls on the president to release the whistleblower complaint to the respected intelligence committees. And Republicans may have realized that that wasn't exactly a hill they wanted to die on. So what does today's announcement by Nancy Pelosi fundamentally change on Capitol Hill? Like, what's the process now? That's an excellent question that I I got very hazy answers on when I tried to ask members. Um, You know, the language that Pelosi used was, I'm directing our six committees to proceed with their investigations under the umbrella of an impeachment inquiry. And when I would ask, what does that mean? How does this change, you know, the course of those investigations already? They would say, well, as she said, it's under the umbrella of an impeachment inquiry. <laughs> you know, so part of that confusion is just because the parameters of this inquiry haven't really been set. Um, there's no timeline yet for when these committee chairs would present the articles that they that they'd recommend for impeachment. You mentioned before those seven Democratic lawmakers, people like Abigail Spanberger um, and Mikey Sherrill, who wrote an op-ed for The Washington Post and said, we haven't been for impeachment and now we are because we think that the threat to our national security is so great. I wonder if you've had a chance to talk to one of those representatives who've changed their minds about what the calculation was for them. Yeah, I I talked to... um several of them today. I talked to uh, Elaine Luria from Virginia, Alyssa Slotkin um, from Michigan, Mikey Sherrill from New Jersey. You know, this sort of seemed to find their their sweet spot where they could give the Democratic base what they wanted while doing it comfortably on their grounds. And they were very much focused on it's a national security issue now. And they also mentioned that, you know, this is something that's easier to understand. And that, that's just something I heard a lot from Democrats today. I mean, they were sort of openly discussing the politics like that. You know, it's not this Russia investigation where there's 800 different players and there's so much rumor going around and it, it, it just is confusing to follow. I mean, this one is, there's, you know, a pretty clear story that they can explain and they, and they think might catch on. Um, one thing that they hope, that those members hope, is that this invest this impeachment inquiry focuses exclusively on the Ukraine situation. I think they do not want that message that they find clear and easy to explain to be muddled down with, you know, other articles about uh, the president's tax returns or, or um, you know, residue from the Mueller report or emoluments. I mean, I, I think they want this to be the story. And uh, a couple of them weren't especially happy that, all six chairs are sort of, you know, throwing what they have into the pile. Hmm. So it sounds like there's still going to be a lot of wrestling inside the Democratic Party about how to move forward and who's moving forward. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be there are a lot of parameters that they need to decide. Um, and, and, you know, if they don't decide those and if they don't set deadlines for themselves, 
you know, keep moving this process along, then you have to start to question if, you know, they were just sort of buying time with this announcement today. Jim Newell, thank you so much. Thank you. Jim Newell covers Congress for Slate. We're going to check back in with Dahlia in just a minute. Hey, listener, we've got a big favor to ask. One of our advertisers is conducting a survey. We would be grateful for your help with answering a few of their questions. It'll take less than 10 minutes of your time and your participation helps the show. Go to slatestudy.com to complete the short survey now. Thanks. At the risk of stating the obvious, there's a lot we don't know right now. The allegation that the president asked a foreign government to investigate his top political rival, it comes from a whistleblower complaint, a complaint that we have not seen yet. Central to this complaint, according to The Washington Post and The New York Times, is a phone call between President Trump and the president of Ukraine. We don't yet know the contents of that phone call either. But all this might change soon. As Democrats moved closer to an official impeachment inquiry, the White House responded. First, Trump's team said they'd release a transcript of that presidential phone call. Then they said they planned to release the whistleblower's complaint, too. It seemed like in one day, Democrats had achieved what Nancy Pelosi has been trying to do for months in the courts. It seemed like the Democrats scared the White House. I think the essential question, Mary, everybody is trying to figure out why this thing. There are so many other, you know, unindicted co-conspirator in campaign finance violation. You know, there's a lot of other things. So why pick the thing that seems to almost exactly replicate what we lost two years of Mueller report to, which is seeking, maybe ineffectively, but seeking or at least encouraging or tacitly accepting help from a foreign government to steal an election, right? It seems that the American public knows that that happened. They certainly, I think, are confused about the whole notion of complicity that you and I have talked about a hundred times or uh, whether uh, there was collusion, which you and I have talked about. But the fact is, this almost perfectly maps on to the allegations that we all seem to be okay with uh, post-2016, which is that Donald Trump likes to use uh, whatever power he has to get foreign governments to interfere to impede his political opponents. And so the idea that this one lands when we've spent two years litigating the last one is extremely counterintuitive, but I also think in a, in a profound way it goes to a different problem, which is I think we have seen a pileup of one potentially impeachable offense after another. Um, And there's something else, too, which is the argument that this allegation is very easy to understand. This is not a 400-page document written in legalese. This is a phone call. This is a straight-up allegation of holding money back in exchange for political information. Right. And again, over the express uh, will and and command of Congress and for it to be done, not for any legitimate reason, but just to hurt a possible political opponent. I was struck that Pelosi said that today, 
that she said, this is a simple story for us to tell. This is about the Constitution of the United States. And we have many other, shall we say, uh, candidates for impeachable offense in terms of the Constitution of the United States. But this one is the most understandable by the public. She seemed to admit that she's she's stuck with, you know, the information she has. And in order to convince people that impeachment is the right way forward, they have to really understand what they're doing and why. Yeah, it's interesting. It's almost we learned the cardinal lesson of the Mueller report, which is that years of hoping and waiting and lighting candles doesn't get you a simple story. It gets you a really complicated story that, by the way, Attorney General Bill Barr can just distort uh, in a few sentences. And I think maybe what she's confessing to is we were hoping that the courts would tell this story. They have for the most part, not told the story. We were hoping that Mueller would tell the story. He has, for the right or the wrong reasons, uh, not deigned to tell it in a way that was compelling and comprehensible. Now it falls on our shoulders to tell the story. I think in her heart of hearts, does she wish that some other magical entity had taken up the narrative and was doing this work? Of course she does. Uh, But I think in a weird way, Mary, this maps very elegantly onto something that the impeachment experts have been telling us from the beginning, which is that impeachment is fundamentally a political solution. It is not a legal solution. And we are such legalists in this country that we wanted a court or a law or a judge or a special prosecutor to fix this. And I think at the end of the day, there is no law, there is no court, there is no judge who can hold Trump to account because so much what of what he does is not necessarily criminal acts. There are criminal acts. But the point is, this is a political problem, and it falls to the political branches to pull together and find a political solution. And happily, the framers anticipated that, and hence we have impeachment. But I think in a strange way, it's taken her two years to circle back to the thing Frank Bowman told me on Amicus this summer, which is we consider this a legal problem, Donald Trump's lawlessness, a legal problem at our peril. So you say this is a political problem. I'm wondering if the Democrats really want to do impeachment, which you've said we're not really sure if that's Mm -hmm. if that's what Pelosi means here. What do they need to do over the next week to follow through? I think they need to put in process something that tells a clean and elegant story to the American people. And rightly or wrongly, the template they have is the Watergate investigation. You're going to have to have a bunch of televised hearings. You're going to have to bring in people under serious threat to have them testify and tell their stories. You're going to have to work your way up the chain the same way we saw happen. But they've Uh, been trying to do that for a long time now. They've been trying to get people in front of the committees testifying and they haven't been. Will it actually make it easier now that she's said the I word out loud? I think that in focusing their minds, the idea is that they will focus the American public's minds. And we all know that 
the questioning that that happened as a function of taking Watergate seriously is what changed the hearts and minds of the American public. And the American public right now has been told this is urgently important and also not important enough to do anything. I think that's not an option anymore as a narrative. I think that there is also something that is starting to happen, which is the head-snapping speed at which Donald Trump initially said, it happened, it didn't happen. Giuliani said, it didn't happen, it happened in the same interview. Trump said, okay, it happened, but it happened because of corruption. Well, it didn't happen because of corruption, it happened because I wanted Europe to pay. I think that as the impeachment process speeds up for Democrats, it's going to speed up for the White House. They may not be able to keep doing the bait switch, wave hands around, admit it, deny it, hokey pokey that has gotten them this far. And I think that may be something that is uh, really quite scary uh, to a White House that has skated on that policy. And and now it's Trump who's going to have to explain uh, why it is that uh, this is not a big deal uh, for, as you said at the beginning, this is an easily told story. And he's now given seven answers for it. Dahlia Lithwick, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Mary. Dahlia Lithwick covers Washington for Slate. All right, that is the show. This show is produced by Mary Wilson, Jason DeLeon, Danielle Hewitt, and Mara Silvers. And someone that we just don't thank enough on here is our editor, Allison Benedict. Today, I want to thank her for dinner. Thanks, Allison. I'm Mary Harris. All of us are going to catch you back here tomorrow. <laughs> 